Good morning to each and every one of you. Is that better? Try to make this where you can hear me. My voice is a little weak this morning, but I, I am glad to see each and every one of you, and I'm happy to be standing here to speak to you. Much of you, probably a lot of you that are younger will not remember, but some of us that are older remember that when they used to prepare uh, for printing the newspaper, they, it would be typeset by hand. And as it usually happened, there would always be some blank space in the paper that they wanted to put something in there. They didn't want it to just be blank. So they would put some, some quote or some statistic or just about maybe a little poem or anything to complete the paper out. Now they called those fillers. Well, I'm here to tell you today, I am the filler. Tim and Mark are both, they're very apt preachers and all, but they're, they're in Brazil. We'll be returning Tuesday with the rest of the group. We pray they have a safe trip home. And uh, I'm delighted to stand here this morning and, and talk to you. Before we came out, the men normally, I don't know if you all know this, but we always have a prayer before we come out for all the men that are serving and uh, to help get our minds right in all. And Brett had said something about, uh, prayed that I had ready remembrance of the things I've prepared. Well, I got good news and I got bad news for you. My ready recollection is not as good as it used to be. That's the bad news. The good news is you won't have to sit here so long because it might be quick. It'll be over in a hurry. But as John said in his prayer, something encouraging, something that could build us up. I've been thinking about that, about what could I speak of that would help us in this area. Uh, And I came up with the idea I wanted to share with you and us share together in, in encouraging one another in the aspect of, as Christians, what, what are our values in this life? What are those values that we hold dear that mean so much to you? Values, basically, that's what it means. It has to do with those things, those beliefs or ideas that we have that are important to us and that actually affects the things we do and say each and every day. That comes from our values that we have. Paul said in 1 Timothy 4 and 8, and actually just a little before that, when he was giving advice to Timothy, he said, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. Now that is value as used in the NIV. The King James, if you have a King James version, the word you're probably more familiar with is profitable. And I like that word. It is profitable. It means that it has value. It means that it means something and all. In this world, especially in this country, there's things of great value that 
a lot of us can recall when they did not have that much value at all. When I was a youngster, I used to read comic books, which my parents didn't like, thought that was a waste of my time. But still, they were 10 cents. Even now, I, I don't even know how much they cost, but they're several dollars worth. But some of them old comics, when I was reading, believe it or not, I actually had my hands on some valuable material. I just didn't know it. At the time, I thought it was just worth 10 cents. But you look around today at some of them comics and they sell into the hundreds of thousands of dollars for certain comics. And of course, one of the things that made them valuable is you didn't open it. I never could understand that. Why would you buy a comic book and not open it? You know, something you would read like that. But anyway, there are other things we know. There's other things we value in this life. But now our values are a little bit different because the values, to a great extent, define who we are. And it defines how we respond to one another and to others in this life. In Isaiah 44.10, he stated, and this is in my own words, but he stated that an idol is profitable for nothing. It has no value. It has no value because of the purpose of what it is for, and it does can do nothing there. It can give no profit. It can give no value. The Israelites had a lot of trouble with that. In our world today, we also, if we're not careful, we can have values of the same thing. Something we may value or we hold as a value is worthless. So it takes a discerning mind and a discerning heart. I want us to look at Matthew 19, if you want to turn with me. We'll look for a good example out of the life of Jesus that can help us in understanding about value and what we should value. Matthew 19, 16. Has to do, it's a familiar story to all of us. It says, A man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, There is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. Which ones, he inquired. Jesus replied, You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, honor your father and mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. All these I have kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? Jesus answered, If you want to be perfect, go, sell your possessions, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. The question is a very vital and important question when you think about it. He came to Jesus asking, uh, what must I do to get eternal life? Eternal life. That's what everybody wants, even in the world today, to live forever. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Eternal life. It's a good question. 
I cannot tell from what we're told here about what his motive was behind that question. Maybe he was honest in it, wanting to know, what do I need to do? But it's hard to say from the things that are said here whether that was really his motive or not. But interesting that Jesus quoted the commandments that has to deal with our fellow man. Very interesting to me that that's what he told him. He gave him those commandments about murder and adultery, false testimony, honoring father and mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. But the young man seemed to think, these I have kept all my life. I have done this. I'm sure he felt very good about that time. But he's... uh, What do I still lack was the question. I wonder if he was serious about it. He may have thought he did not lack anything. And by asking it, it might have been his purpose was to point out to those that might have been listening. We do know the disciples, many of his disciples were there listening to all of this. But I won't judge him on that because I don't really know. Maybe he was serious about it. What do I lack? And that is a good question. Is there anything else? We might put it this way. Is there anything else that I lack? And that's when Jesus posed the tough question to him. To be complete, sell all you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Treasure in heaven. Again, this this leads us back to the eternal life, the original question. And at that, he went, away sadly now we have all studied that here I know church family here that we have studied this lesson about the rich man and the problem is not in riches itself there's not a problem in the things that we have but the problem is the value that we place upon them a value that is above God When we place a value on anything that is above God and is above Christ, then that is when the problem comes in. The idolatry that we read about in the Old Testament and all is that very thing. With their idolatry, they were putting idols and self before God Himself. God even spoke of the fact that he, he was tired of their fasting. He was tired of their sacrifices because they were meaningless. In other words, they were just going through the motions. As soon as they went through the motions, go back home, pray to the idol that's sitting on the mantelpiece. So their values were all wrong. And it would, as Isaiah said, it, it would profit them nothing to do that. Now for us, a lot of us, most of our values begin at a young age with our parents. Parents have a very important and vital role with their children because parents teach their children values. A lot of times we teach it by word, but we also teach it by our actions. What do we really value? Where does our values lie? And there's nothing wrong with having values of the things in this world, especially when we use them for the sake of Christ and for the sake of others. There's nothing wrong with that. 
But when those values exceed and become more important to us than what God has told us to do, then that's when it begins to be a problem. You know, these things that God tells us about in here, when I was real young, I used to think it's just a bunch of rules of what to do, what not to do. Don't do this, do that, don't do this, do that. When I was uh, very young, believe it or not, I didn't always talk too well. My answers were, no, uh uh, yes, yeah. I used yeah a whole lot. The problem with that is my parents and my grandmother just would not let that, let me get away with that. They had a set of values, and that did not meet with the values that was important to them. They considered it being polite and being manners. I can still hear my grandmother's voice today when somebody, an adult or something, would say something to me, and I'd say, yeah. And she would say, you mean, yes, sir? And, of course, I'd, yes, sir. And it became, yes, sir, yes, ma'am. No, ma'am, and yes, ma'am. And not only that, it began, it it, it even poured over into uh, politeness, opening doors and doing things like that. To this very day, I don't care how old you are, when when I talk to people, sometimes a young teenager when the, if it's for a service, say I'm at McDonald's or something, I always respond with, thank you, ma'am, or thank you, sir. It is embedded in me. It has become, their values became my values. And those were good values. I believe those were good values that they taught me. Because I have found that doing that, people respond to me much better than if I just say yeah or no. In school, when I used to go through the cafeteria, I'd always, they'd, when they, you know, at that time, the food would sometimes be different portions. You know, if you had chickens, you could get a chicken leg or a chicken wing, or you might get a chicken breast, something bigger. And I always went through there, good morning, good to see you, yes ma'am, no ma'am, And boy, did I get some good portions going through that line. (laughs) So those values, you know, those were beneficial. They were important to me, but they were also beneficial in this life and all. We have, besides our parents, we got friends. We have teachers that teach us values. But then there's something else. There's books that we read. And more importantly, there's TV programs. There's movies. You know one thing, if you don't know it, I think you do, but TV and movies is basically teaching the values of the people that produce those shows. That's the values that are caught there. When I was younger, we used to watch programs like Andy Griffith's show. And even Andy Griffith at that time taught good, godly values in most of their shows. 
And we, you know, just it, it used to really sink in because they would act it out. It would become life. It's how life works and how we should act. And I don't know how much I learned. And what I learned is I take the Bible, I'd read the Word and what my Bible school teachers were teaching me, and then I could look on the Andy Griffith show and I said, and there it is. There it is in action on the Andy Griffith show. And there were other shows that were good at that time. I don't mind telling you now, I can't find those shows teach those kind of values anymore. Just can't find them. Don't seem to be there. Oh, they are on the reruns. I watch Andy Griffith a lot on reruns, still to this day, because they teach good things. So we need to understand about the source, the source of our values. Where do our values come from? What forms them? Why do we shape them? We talked about how our parents, well, what is, was important to our parents a lot of times are important to us. And this is no guarantee of always real good values. But on the most part, it does. Most of the time, the parents teach us good values. But, you know, they're influenced as well by the movies and by TV and by the world and the things going on. So that becomes a problem and all like that. So we need to ask ourselves What is the source of our values? Philippians 3, 4, 9. I want to see what Paul said about this. Paul is such a good example of a person who had a value system that was here one day, but the next day that value system changed drastically. And that is one thing to remember about our values. They can change. You can have good values And then certain influences and all can remove those good values and replace it with bad values. And vice versa. We can have bad values and replace them with good values. So they're always able to change. And that's what we encourage one another as a church family. If the values we have are bad or that we hold, then we do all that we can to encourage good values because of the profit because of the value it holds for us. And so that's what we're doing. That's what part of what we're doing in our fellowship with one another and all. In Philippians 3, beginning in verse 4, Paul was talking about what he had and about his value system. And he talks about it as about his confidence, what he put confidence in, what he trusted in. He said, if, if, anyone, if someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee. As for zeal, persecuting the church. As for righteousness, based on the law, faultless. Paul's value system, he says, in the flesh and all like that, was what anybody would admire or probably respect at that time, especially the Jews. The Jews looked up to Paul because of these attributes right here. But notice what he says next. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus my Lord. 
for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I might gain Christ and be found in Him. Wow. What a value system. Now, some people might agree with that value system. Some people may not. But the fact that we're here, the fact that we are Christians and profess to be Christians, we should have and possess that same value system that Paul had. Everything is a loss. Everything is nothing except for Christ and what it means. We know from Scripture, and we've heard it, nothing that we have, nothing that we can earn, nothing that we can get in this life is going to follow us into the next. Jesus talked about our treasures up in heaven. That's what will go with us, the treasures we put in heaven. So which is more valuable? That which rusts, decays, destroyed? I've had so many things rust in my lifetime. It is amazing. And they're worthless. They got thrown away because you can no longer use them. Many things that rust. But then there are those treasures that I've stored up in heaven and you have stored up in heaven. And those await us. And those are in Jesus' keeping. The King James... uh, In Luke 6.45, Jesus said something like this. He said, A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. The King James Version calls that, instead of good things, says good treasure. Talks about the treasure that is in our heart. That's what we live by, believe it or not. What is in your heart? And what Jesus is pointing out here is what are those values that are in our hearts, that reside in our hearts? Well, all you got to do sometimes, he says, by your fruit you'll be known. Well, look at your fruit. Examine yourself and look at the fruit that you're producing. And you tell you it will tell you a lot about the value that you have in your heart. Now, remember you can change those values. If you if you look at this and you say this is not good, then you can change those. And not only we're here to help one another change those values, but God is always there to help us change those values that are destructive and detrimental. He talked about David, about a man after God's own heart. Well, that's what he wants us to be, a man or a person after God's own heart. That is the most valuable thing. That and salvation in Christ, those are the valuable things in our life. I want to finish this up. I told you you'd be happy. You won't have to sit there alone. One of the things that we come together, one of the things that we teach and have our classes and all, has to do with putting God's values in our hearts. I can remember from a very young age, Bible school, the things that were put and placed into my heart. Now, a lot of times my teachers thought I wasn't paying attention. They didn't think I was listening to them at all. 
but it's incredible the things that they taught, the things that they tried to reach me with found its way into my heart. One of the reasons it found its way into my heart was I I not only heard it, but I saw it in action. I saw it in their lives. It was important to them. Their values that the teachers taught was important to them. And it affected everything they did and everything they said. And that found its way into my heart. It found its way, I believe, into a lot of children's hearts. And so we still do that. Even as adults, that's what we're doing. We're trying to put good, godly values, as Paul told Timothy, into one another's hearts. We do that by how we treat each other. You know, I can treat you shabbily. I can treat you uh, shamefully. And what am I putting in your heart? It's easy to see. We know what happens. A lot of people in this world struggle with that very problem of what people have put into their hearts. And that's the sorrow of it. That's the weakness we have as as people. Jesus came to this earth. He let us see God. He revealed God here on this earth to us in a way that we could comprehend and understand better than ever before. And He taught us the proper and right values. The values, He said, when He raised Lazarus, He said, I am the resurrection and the life. And talking about life, that's what we are. Our life now hidden in Christ. We talked about that in our Bible class this morning. Our lives are now hidden in Christ. And that's our values. Christ is the value. And the most valuable thing we have and the most valuable thing that we can share with anybody. And then final closing. Remember, Tim has been teaching from Hebrews and all. In Hebrews 3.13 where it says, Encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. I pray that everyone has been encouraged by all of this, and I hope that you will take time, every now and then, to look at what your values are and see if you are acting upon those good and godly values that mean so much and that can profit us so much. If there's anyone here this morning that does not know Christ. I know we haven't spoken about it in all, but when they asked Peter on the day of Pentecost, what shall we do? He said, repent and be baptized for the remission of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. We teach the same thing. That's what we can do. If we can help anybody with that or with any other thing that you need maybe to pray about or whatever, we stand ready to help and assist while we stand and sing at this time. We hope by listening to this lesson, you have found a better understanding of the Bible. And through that better understanding, find a closer relationship with God and His Son, Jesus Christ, our living Savior. 
If you have any questions or desire more information, please feel free to contact us here at the Dangerfield, Texas Church of Christ. You can find us at dfield.org. That's D-F-I-E-L-D-C-O-C dot O-R-G. Or you can email at dfieldcoc779 at aol.com. Or you can call us at 903-645-2896. If you are local to the Dangerfield area, we would love an opportunity to meet you and encourage you in person at 818 West W.M. Watson Boulevard, Dangerfield, Texas. 75638. Our meeting times are Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. for Bible class and 10.30 a.m. for worship service, Sunday evening at 6 p.m. for worship service, and Wednesday evening at 6.30 p.m. for our midweek Bible class. Grace and peace be with you always.